Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to a, another truly grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where I currently reside and am placed in the beautiful KSO studios out on the southwest side of the city. And it is beautiful out here. How about we spend a couple hours on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation on some local State, national news and politics, that kind of thing. And uh, we'll hit some, you know, community development kind of stuff, recreational kind of stuff as well. We got a great show planned. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us today, thankfully. Thanks for spending some time with us through your radio at Information 1000 KSO. You're cruising around town, got the windows down, taking in some of that beautiful summertime air. You're maybe streamed live on KSO.com hold up in a you know office somewhere you know just trying to keep your head down get through the day or maybe you're out walking around you got that KSO mobile app the one touch streaming if you don't got it you need it remember you can always follow along on Facebook live or on our Twitter account at P Lally show and uh, we like to chat with you whenever we can interact it is a two-way conversation Dan Peters of course manning the Twitter feed with much aplomb a plum. Uh, so, yeah, we. The, uh, I hope you guys had a great weekend. Because mine, I, as good as yours was, mine was better. I'm just going to get that out there. Uh, that's probably not true. But it was really good. Uh, as I mentioned last week, we're going on a little bike packing adventure over to Blue Mounds. We left uh, bright and early at uh, noon on Saturday. <laughs> Got right after it. Yeah, we had to take care of some things. Had a, but I had a lovely ride over uh, to Blue Mound State Park, which is just north of Laverne. If you've ever not been, you should go. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful place and a huge buffalo herd they have over there. I did not see any of the bison, the buffalo, the North American bison, uh, as they were spending their time on the other end of the uh, park from where we were, which happens often. But they have these uh, tours over there you can go on. Didn't I did not have a chance to do that, but, you know. Anyway, so you pack up the bike with all the uh, appropriate gear, right? You got to have a tent, sleeping bags, food, stove, coffee, uh, sunscreen, bug wipes. You got to have all that. That's not exactly traveling light, is it? It is not. But, you you know, it's it's getting lighter all the time because you're like, do I really need the uh, full... Uh, accoutrement of uh, dinnerware no you do not and you do you need a french press sure it'd be nice but you don't have to bring one you know uh, we've got a couple of new gadgets this time you know what part of any sort of hobby as you know dan are the gadgets the gear the accoutrement and uh this time couple, uh, jp picked up a couple things these little down travel pillows which were nice but for my money maybe a bit soft like I need to put something under the down travel pillow. But they were good. And then uh, uh, this sort of like coffee pour over thing. It's collapsible. And you just put the coffee in there and then you fire up the water. They heat the water in the in the uh, uh, turbo stove or whatever. It would, jet boil thing, which is awesome. Pour it over there. Coffee. Bingo. So lovely morning out at Blue Mounds. But is it necessary to have coffee? Well... 
Here's the deal with that, Dan. Um, I could maybe uh, suffer through the morning without coffee until you maybe get to some a town. You know, you get to Laverne and grab. But um, my, my traveling companion, uh, as I like to call her, Jackie Pots and Pans, um, has to have uh, a fair amount of. Uh, she has to have coffee right away. So yes, Dan. The answer to that is yes, and uh, because it's in everybody's best interest if JP gets what she wants when it comes to coffee. See where I'm going with this? I do see. I'm not walking a very. I I am not walking the line as well as an intervention was. on the caffeine habits yeah. of one Jackie Potts and Pans was yeah. not work very well. No, in this and situation. the other thing is, uh, uh, I should have just said yes. And then I would not be in nearly as much trouble as I'm going to be now. Yes, Dan, it is necessary to have coffee. Just scratch out anything I said before that. Okay. I baited you into that one. Sorry. Erase that from your memory. Uh, The answer to that question is yes. And uh, so we had a great time. Uh, I will say, you know, we get spoiled in Sioux Falls. I've said this before. We get spoiled because we have the, the mosquito spraying. And as soon as you leave town, you remember, oh, that's right. Other people have like mosquitoes in in full. They have the full population, not our seriously reduced uh, uh, population of mosquitoes. And they were out over at uh, Blue Mounds, but we suffered through it. We made, it was fine. You know, the, you adapt. We, I did have this question. You know what? This this is a question for Mr. Dan Peters, Uber producer Dan Peters. He of so much knowledge. In the olden days my friend, in the pioneer days or perhaps even before. Uh, people had to deal with a lot of stuff. D- did, they have, did they have as many mosquitoes then as we do now, do you think? I bet they did. Yeah. I cannot say that with a definitive okay. outlook, but I imagine there were different remedies that you could use to some degree to, to try to combat the mosquitoes. Mud. I think... I think Mud would be one. <laughs> vanilla would be another oh, one. You know, does that really work, do you think? I remember that craze, little vanilla behind the ears. I think I think there's probably some merit to it, but okay. it's possible that the mosquitoes get wise to it. Yeah, it's not as good as smearing uh, one of them uh, uh, deet wipes all over your face. That'll keep the mosquitoes down, but, you know, you're a little woozy. <laughs> Yeah, it might. Yeah, your your liver function might change a little <laughs> bit right. along the way. You know, it's going to be fine. Uh, anyway, great weekend, have I all? Hope you had a great weekend as well. By the way, Laverne, fabulous town. The other thing about our bike packing adventure is you always we go to places that are near towns, so we just rode into town and went to uh, 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 Sterling's Cafe and Grill there in Laverne. It was awesome, just fabulous. The Take Sixteen Brewery in Laverne, just a Laverne's a fine community. Fine, fine community. I recommend it highly. So if you're looking for a little road trip, head on over to Laverne. They're good people. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Our guests include Sioux Falls City Councilor Christine Erickson. She, uh, it's been a couple months since she's been on the show, actually since before the election. So we'll chat with Christine, who is now the, uh, like the, the, the chairman, chairperson of the, of the uh, council. The smart cyclist Michael Christensen will be in here. We've got big news on the Tut Hill single track project that's coming along. And I will have a PL statement, as I always do, just after the break. Today's topic development, tariffs, and Trump in Helsinki. Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Everybody wants to 
sure. We're going to get a little closer to three at 319 on a beautiful Monday afternoon on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on today to talk about in the PL statement where we go through the news and uh, find things that upset us, make us happy, uh, you know, confuse us. You can be confused by the news, right? That's okay. Uh, so there's a lot going on today that I wanted to talk about. So we're going to hit a few things. We're going to do kind of a lightning round here, uh, ending on uh, uh, one big one. So today they announced, uh, city officials announced the uh, redevelopment, the first stage of the redevelopment of the big downtown rail yard. Uh, this is from our friend Jody Schwan at Siouxfalls.business. Uh, the first project to redevelop part of the downtown rail yard is envisioned as a mix of commercial and residential that would enhance the area around the 8th and Railroad Center. The development will be owned by Black Iron Rail Yard, LLC, which is led by David R. and Erica Billion. Erica Billion owns and operates several properties in the area, including 8th and Railroad Center, the Crane Center, and the Frank Building. Uh, yeah, so this is the big news of the day out of the city, and it's um, a lot of schematics here, and you can see some uh, 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 aerial uh, uh, renditions of what it's all going to look like. Uh, but I, first off, uh, I'm happy um, that uh, Dave and Erica Billion uh, won this RFP because they have a good track record in downtown, especially the East Bank, obviously taking over e- uh, the 8th and Railroad uh, many years ago and uh, making that into really a hub, along with redeveloping Crane and Frank buildings across the street. It's really that area, their, their footprint is really on that area, and uh, they've done a good job. And so I'm happy to see that they've got this opportunity. Now, this is, this is big work. There's a couple of different buildings, bigger buildings, residential, some stuff. It's cool. Uh, you can probably find those schematics anywhere, kso.com, and uh, learn more about that. But that's good news. We'll talk more about that as it goes along. Um, this is a story out of the Argus Leader. Uh, when did this run? When did this publish? It was last week, July 13th, but I'm just getting to it. And... It's about tariffs, and uh, the headline is, In South Dakota, Patience Wears Thin as Tariffs Hit Home. And uh, my only comment on there's a whole bunch of people in here saying, you know, we trust the president, but we're concerned. Well, get real concerned. I think it's time to get very, very concerned. You're losing money by the hundreds of millions. And uh, I talked about this last week when uh, the delegation released their statement uh, saying they support the president. But they're very concerned about the tariffs. Well, eventually somebody's got to say, I don't support the president. And I'm very concerned about the tariffs. And I, I'm just, it's just more of the same. Like, say, come on, people. The, the people in this story who are actually honest are the farmers. Anybody else in here who's a politician or a, uh, they're just couching everything. And that bothers me because it makes it sound like there's some plan. There's no plan. We know there's no plan. It's documented. There's no plan. We're just losing money. That's all that means. And speaking of the president, this is shocking. Okay, this happened today. Uh, Of course, President Trump is over in Helsinki today at the end of his European tour uh, and met with Putin. And, you know, everything else aside, all right, policies, you can disagree on policy all day. You know, I don't like the tariffs, but, you know, there are people, people in my family who think it's a good idea. So that's fine. You can disagree. Reasonable people can differ. On policy, I don't think anybody can differ on this. This is from the headline, or the uh, uh, this is a headline, in New York Times today. Trump at Putin's side questions U.S. intelligence in 2016 election. 
Here's the lead. Helsinki. Dateline Helsinki. President Trump stood next to President Vladimir Putin of Russia on Monday and publicly challenged the conclusion of his own intelligence agencies that Moscow interfered in the 2016 presidential election, wrapping up what he called a, quote, deeply productive summit meeting with an extraordinary show of support for a leader accused of attacking, attacking American democracy. And then this quote from Mr. Trump. They said they think it's Russia. I have President Putin. He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be Russia that was responsible for that hacking. I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't even know what to say about that. It, it, other than you've got the entirety of the intelligence community documenting how Russia attempted to influence the election, whether they did or not, whether they changed any vote. I mean, we don't have any evidence of that, but they, they did attempt in, in a very sophisticated manner, in a very broad-based manner, despite what a lot of people want to say and try and attribute to a couple of 400-pound guys in their pajamas. That's not the case. This is a tactical attack on the American democracy. There's no other way to see it. And, I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. Trump's own officials say these things. This is uh, Senator Ben uh, Sasse. I I think I always say his name wrong. It's Ben Sass. 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 I don't want to say Sass because that just sounds like, but that is the way it's pronounced. Ben Sass, Sass, yeah. Ben Sass, our friend in Nebraska, Republican, uh, responded sharply to Mr. Trump's statement that Russia and the United States share blame for their deteriorated relationship. This is bizarre and flat-out wrong. The United States is not to blame. America wants a good relationship with the Russian people, but Vladimir Putin and his thugs are responsible for Soviet-style aggression. When the president plays these moral equivalence games, he gives Putin a propaganda win he desperately needs. Why? Why? This is what I don't know. Why? You know, he didn't bring up Crimea. He didn't bring up the Ukraine. He didn't bring up Syria. He said that, you know, he blamed Obama. When asked whether he believed Mr. Putin or his own intelligence agencies, Mr. Trump changed the subject, demanding to know why the FBI never examined the hacker hacked computer servers of the Democratic National Committee and asking about the fate of emails missing from the server of Hillary Clinton, his campaign rival. Where are those servers, Mr. Trump said? Why, where are Hillary Clinton's emails? Which has nothing to do with the fact that the frickin' Russian government is plotting against our elections and is continuing to do so. Everybody in the intelligence community says so. Everybody. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Everybody. I'm just, I'm at a loss. I'm at a complete loss. You know, you're not going to get up there and, and drill the dude. I understand that. But you also don't say, I believe the president of Russia over the national intelligence Agency over the CIA, over the FBI, over the the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. It, 
it's just it's 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 just un it's there's no understanding it it doesn't make any sense it goes against every american ideal that there is and he's saying that, the, that you know the uh, the the Rush, american russian relationship is bad as it's ever been which is complete poppycock just complete ignorance of history come on Somebody do something in that administration where the, the his own people say it's code red in terms of Russian meddling that continues today. I, I don't know what else. To, there's just no other way around it. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. But the Republicans in the Senate are up in arms. Not our Republicans, but other Republicans. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can reach me, Patrick, at KSO.com. On Twitter at P. Lally Show. Love to chat. Love to chat. I could be wrong. Tell me I am. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show. Of the gallows was swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got Michael 45 right by my side. And we are very happy to welcome into the studio today for Weird Friends one, the smart cyclist Michael Christensen, here on Information 1000 KSOO. Uh, smart cyclist, um, you and I, first of all, hello. Hi. It's good to see you again. I made it. Yeah, you did. Thank you for coming in. This is outside your normal uh, area of uh, of appearance. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to make up for missing last Thursday. Oh, that's right. So I, I forgot owed, about. That. I owed you a session. Oh, there you go. You owed me because uh, of the huge salary you get for participating in the <laughs> Patrick Lally show on a regular basis. That well, the adulation is probably enough. I can't go anywhere without saying, "Who are you?" <laughs> That's funny. Uh, anyway, we uh, spent some time together yesterday, which we is always fun on a Sunday because we are both involved with Falls Area Bicyclists. And uh, but that's me in a very, very uh, minor, minor, increasingly minor role. Uh, you, of course, as president of the club, which we all appreciate a great deal. And again, let me extend my appreciation for your role. I appreciate your appreciation, and it was about 10 years ago where I figured out that if you could, where I learned that if you could figure out where everybody was going and ran to the front and said, follow me, you could lead. (laughs) And you've just been building on that that life lesson ever since. Um, But yesterday we had big summer meetings, summer fest for uh, FAB, which, you know, there was a ride and everything and a picnic, and that was great. But that is not why I wanted to talk to you today. Because big stuff went down at that meeting. Big stuff went down, and I was I was so very proud to be part of the community in my small way, the 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 the, the cycling community, but also the broader community, the recreation community, my city. Because uh, you announced how much we raised from the Sioux Falls Trail Challenge on June thirtieth, which we talked about a lot for 
the Falls Area Single Track, which are also involved, but a building trail at Tuthill Park. Yes. And that number is how much? Drum roll, please. $6,871 went to Falls Area Single Track's Tuthill Project. That's a lot of money. I mean, honestly, I was thinking about it later. That's an astonishing amount of money from a bike ride. From a bike ride. You could tell by the reaction of the members that were present when we rolled out that number. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the reaction was satisfying. It was loud. It was people were impressed. People were took some pride in themselves for making this happen and, and reasonable pride. That's uh, that's quite a large gift in the cope in the scope of gifts given to the project. So, yeah, it's very exciting. And if we had not raised any money, it would have still been a blast and a great time because on June 30th, the falls area or the uh, sink Sioux falls trail challenge was uh, just a, f- just a fun day. Didn't you have a good time? It was a phenomenal event um, from working the registration desk. So greeting the people as they arrived, checking them in and then running off to the very last stop where uh, I and a couple others took photos of the riders as they came through the very last stop there in falls park um, from beginning to end, it was beautiful. <laughs> lots of great stories, lots of great participation, um, lots of different types of riders and people groups and friend groups. And yeah, it was very neat. We should say, uh, you and I, you did more than I did, but that we really actually didn't, we didn't do the organization part of it. Right. So there is a subset of the board. Um, and they did a fabulous job and they do amazing work and yeah, the, it, it, the stuff that we can do with the people that we have is amazing because we have amazing people involved. Yeah, and so it really was a big step up from the old tour Sioux Falls, and and uh, just you know seeing those people accomplish that. Many people who had not even thought of riding twenty miles on a bike that was sort of inconceivable to them. Yes, they were able to go out uh, with help and support and everything, but just conquer that kind of doubt. And, and do right. it. It's a huge accomplishment. Right. Yeah. We called it a challenge. And, you know, for you and I, we do it once a week or more. Right. But, yeah, there's there's people. There's there's eight-year-olds who went out and saw their city that way. And there's, there's people our age who, oh, we've never actually been on the trail. Mm-hmm. And so maybe their first ride was all the way around. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, there are people in this community that, haven't been on the trail and yeah the the not knowing what the trail is not being sure that you'll find your way around you get over those barriers and and there's people who need help getting over those barriers so doing the trail challenge was was perfect and perfect for falls area bicyclists to do um those people encouraging those people that's where Falls Area Bicyclists needs to start and to play those cards at that level because that's how we're going to grow. You get an eight-year-old doing 20 miles, being proud of that accomplishment, taking her parents out again, um, you're going to have a – you could have a cyclist. You can grow your community that way, and it's a great place to grow the community. And just be healthy. Be healthier. And be outside and play. Yeah. Yeah. It's just awesome because we live in in an outdoor community, and I see so many people who don't – take advantage of it and i i'm always a little bit shocked by that which i shouldn't be i shouldn't be shocked but uh, people that just don't get out and about all year round when there's so much to offer uh so having people get out and do this was awesome yes 
Um, we, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, what it means long-term because this isn't just a one-off deal. There's a, there's a long-term benefit to this that we're going to chat about in just a minute. So can you stick around? I would love to stick around. Right on. We're going to come right back and talk about the exciting things going on at Tuthill Park in just a moment with the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen, on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we return to our conversation with Michael Christensen, the smart cyclist, on the extended dance play version of Weird Friends, which has sort of become the norm anymore. I've just, I like talking to my weird friends so much. I just say, yeah, let's just do two. I'm starting to make myself at home. I've got a, <laughs> yeah. I've got a toothbrush over here in the corner. <laughs> yeah, <You know>, office. <laughs> Headphone. I like it here. Yeah, it's cool. Well, it's very comfortable. Yes. Um, we've been talking about the uh, money raised from this uh, Sioux Falls Trail Challenge, which was six thousand eight hundred and seventy-one. Six thousand eight hundred seventy-one dollars plus some other contributions have come in. Yes. Uh, associated with the event, so it's somewhere over seven thousand. Yeah. Um, however, that is merely a tenth of the total price tag on the Tut Hill single track project that's a that's a seventy thousand dollars is the 60 to 70 somewhere in there yeah that's a lot of money yes so that is the for what was designed put on paper um the gold they're shooting for um is seventy thousand dollars and you are the treasurer fast which is the sort of umbrella organization that does all the single track in town including leaders and yankton trail and um where are we in terms of the overall fundraising and how far do you got to go that kind of thing about halfway funded Oh, to that seventy thousand dollars. So our seven grand got you maybe from about thirty to somewhere in that range. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, it's actually probably not true that we're halfway funded. We're, past we're, half. we're beyond. Yeah, we're beyond that. The the treasurer for fast, which is me, hasn't done the hard work <laughs> of of the math and the deposits and, and maybe, that sort of thing. Well, to, that's to big... upgrade the percentage. But yeah, that it was before this event, before this seven thousand dollar influx. There is it, we're about half. Funded. So there, that's a big job raising that much money. Yeah, uh, um, and it's come from a lot of small sources, which is kind of amazing. Uh, w- like where where has the money come from generally, and where do you think you'll get the rest of it? Um, so we kicked off the fundraising with a uh, international mountain bike association campaign mm-hmm. um, where we were one of 68 projects in 30 states. Uh, you could go online and shop for your favorite project and mm-hmm. contribute directly to that project. Um, and uh, from that, we got more than 100 individuals, uh, small donations from uh, 100 or more individuals um, that around raised, the country raised. Yes, around the country, but mostly Sioux Falls. Okay. Um, most people don't pay for something in Arkansas unless they have a connection to Arkansas, yeah, right? If they love to go there. Um um, but out of out of those sixty eight projects, our project raised the most money in that whole campaign. You're kidding? No, not at all. That's because we are mountain bike. We are single track starved. We are, and <laughs> and we have a great community, right? Yes. Um, and so yeah, we we stood out in front of our fellow riders and said, "Hey, we're contributing to this. Won't you do it too?" And uh, we had great T-shirts to reward people with. Um, and then we got that. We raised that. And, and so that was fun. That's where we started. Um, some other individuals have given bigger gifts than that. Um, and one particular pretty large gift. And then, uh, and then this 
the 7,000 raised last night is probably the second largest gift that we've received. Yeah, Great Outdoor Store did a fundraiser. Yes, that was awesome. The Great Outdoor Store did beer and gear where uh, they did raffles and they did, uh, you could buy a cup and some tickets yeah. and enjoy wood grain, Fernson, or take 16 beverages. And it sounds like, oh, that sounds and nice, but they wrote a big check. Yeah, that significant amount, around $3,000, $4,000. From a little event. That's amazing. Yeah. And that just shows, because, and I think this is the point, too, with, with this project, Tut Hill, is uh, it's not just a, I mean, people might think it's just some crunchy mountain bike dudes, right? Yeah. But that's not it. It right. serves a br- much broader community. It opens up a whole part of that park that people have probably never been in. Right. Um, and and a park that's been inaccessible, right? Right. So um, what you have with, uh, what you get with single track is guidance for where to walk in the park. Um, so right now, lots and lots of disc golf traffic. Um, disc golf traffic kind of wears out the grass on those on those hillsides, um, and then you got dirt sliding into the river from that. Mm-hmm. Um, what you get with trails is here's the space. Use this. You can walk through here. It's easy. It's enjoyable. It's a nice experience, um, and then you don't see the erosion. Um, and and riders, walkers, runners, bird watchers, all that can go here to Tut Hill, right there in the middle of the city. Um, our one of our finest parks, um, and the experience there is improved because. Um, because it, the hillside is opened up and available and easy to pass. Because right now it's just kind of wooded gullies and uh, it goes all the way from basically the edge of what the, the sliding hill there, which most people know. Uh, what direction would that be? North, all the way to where Pasley Park sort of leaves the bike trail there. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a long stretch of land that is city land, park land. It just made our basically added on a bunch of acres of parkland right which is an amazing thing to think about right in the middle of the city yes it's a forest yes and that's the amazing contribution of the city to falls area single track is is allowing the use of that land for single track it's great for the community um and and it's high value to falls area single track to be able to use that land so when will it be done um well right now it's well, it's done when the design is complete, right? <laughs> so it's done when we get the $70,000 and the and Dave, the, the trail arts guy building it, is completes the design. Um, it's done when I say it's done. Right now, it's, it's work will cease when the money runs out, right? <laughs> and so, um, so he'll be here a while. He'll, yeah. Um, the plan is to have him here till fall. Um, and, then, uh, and then next year is another opportunity. You know, right? So if we don't if we don't get the goal this year, we'll keep trying. We'll do another big thing this winter or something like that, and try to get the next half, the second half, which is now maybe the the last third, third um, and uh, and bring them back. So, how many how many miles are we talking about here? Three to four. Wow, that's yeah. a lot because Leaders Park, which was fast uh, inaugural project, what ten yes. years ago now? Yep, um, was is like now about. Three and a half, three, two, two, really, two? really, yeah, two point two is what I think I'd say. Sure, seems longer when I'm out well, there, Michael. Right, so you got those, <laughs> you got those three circles, and and yep. each each loop shares, um, each loop has a shared part, and so by uh, the time you do those three loops, you are up there in the three to four mile range. But I see, but two point two ish, um, original, um, non repeatable trail there, and your maintenance of that whole thing continues, right? Right, 
and the Yankton Trail Park, which is very much kind of a beginner's area, but really cool. Yeah, and very accessible to all the kids and stuff going around on the bike trail. Um, yeah, so uh, through the Facebook page of Falls Area Single Track, um, like most Mondays, there's going to be an announcement of, hey, yeah. we're doing we're doing trail maintenance uh, Thursday nights, our usual night, and usually they, the team goes where the need is. Yeah. So, so uh, if I want to contribute. You know, I didn't make the trail, or maybe I did make the trail change. I just want to give more money. Well, how do yeah, I give you money? Absolutely. Um, there is a donut, a donut, a donate link. <laughs> also a donut link, but that's I, a different deal. I, I accept donuts. I'll convert donuts to cash. Jeez, uh, I didn't commit to that. Um, there's a donate link on the Falls Area Single Track website, mm-hmm. and that's fallsareasingletrack.org. And you should probably follow Falls Area Single Track on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. There to you watch go. the work, see pictures of the trail builder in action, that yeah. sort of thing. Cool. Yeah. Michael Christensen, he is here uh, most weeks. He is the smart cyclist, uh, part of my weird friend stable. Thank you, sir, for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Very, very happy to be here and spread the good word of playing outside. Love it. Because it's free. <laughs> we'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. A public service Hey, I was driving, riding my bike to work today, and I noticed they're setting up tents and getting everything ready over at Yankton Trail Park for Jazz Fest. That's right, it's this weekend, two-day outdoor festival. Friday night is Jimmy Vaughn headline, Taj Mahal on Saturday night. There's fireworks, all kinds of stuff. It's a it's a great time and a huge festival. I'll be out there. For more info, go to KSO.com. Coming up after the news and with Dan Peters, we'll talk with Phil Shrek from KSFY Weather. He's back. On the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, I am pleased and honored to have in the studio with us today, Christine Erickson. She is the, you call it, it's the chairwoman of the Sioux Falls City Council, right? Chairwoman, chairperson, chairperson whatever But it's it the is. chair. Yeah, the it's chair. It's not like president. Or no, no. I know school board is president, but we do we do not do that. El Camadante, no. nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Thanks That's for good. having me, by the way. Well, I'm just happy you're here. It's been a while. In fact, I yeah. was thinking you haven't been here since before the election, so congratulations on your re-election. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I came in uh, right before the election, not too long um, before that, and so we're back. Yeah. It's good. It's just good to catch up. Um, yeah. You how's your summer? Good. Busy. Good. Soccer. Um, the kids are traveling a lot, and so we we went to Ohio for a soccer tournament and traveled. Ohio. Yeah. So regional soccer tournament for my thirteen year old, and uh, we're we're traveling all over and working on our rental business, and um, it's great. It's Where'd you go in Ohio? Um, we were in Blue Ash, Ohio, and <laughs> so that? kind of around the area there. Um, Where's Blue Ash? Um, that one right outside know. of Cincinnati. Okay. So, I've been to Cincinnati. Yeah. It's all I, kind of commingled in yeah. the area. Uh, I've been to Dayton, so, and I'm going to Cleveland Yeah. Uh, next month. Nice. So there you well, go. And our team didn't do as well, but I do, since I have a hot mic, I do mm-hmm. want to congratulate the U13 girls team. They made it to the national tournament and the final. And yeah. that's never been done for our, our um, club before, and so... 
kudos to those amazing young women, women and their parents. Um, they received an award for their professionalism and their sportsmanship, which speaks volumes of our city as well as the Dakota Alliance Club. So congratulations to all of them. Yeah, I saw that photo on Twitter. That's awesome. They it's made amazing. it to the finals. They made it to the finals. And that's that's just, we're a small state. And uh, we don't have the draw that, you know, Chicago has and, and the amount of players. And so um, it's, it's a wonderful thing for um, our city, state, and the club. It's amazing uh, to me how many of my friends and uh, colleagues spend every weekend of their lives, it seems, going to soccer. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I, I wish I would have uh, entered in the hotel business uh, many years ago. <laughs> would have paid for itself, I think. <laughs> um, so you've, you took over. This is your first uh, go as chairperson of the council yeah. and uh, your second term. Um, as chairperson, what's any different than your normal gig? Um, a lot more hours. <laughs> you, really? uh, yeah, there, there are a lot more hours to put in uh, the time. Um, really, the way I see it is um, you are that liaison between the counselors. Uh, we certainly each are elected equals individuals. We Still all only get one vote. We all work, exactly. We all work very hard to get to where we are um, for our elected position. And so I do not want to diminish that at all. And I really feel that the chair and vice chair, we are the liaison. Um, our staff reports to us. We do... Um, you know, the the reviews for them, as well as re just really trying to be the advocate for the council, making sure we get the appropriate information that we need. Um, we don't always like it or have to agree on it, but it's just being that communicator amongst each other. And that's really the, the role that I see. Uh, and really trying to change the process of maybe how we've done things in the past to how we do them now. And, um, you know, to what, in what way? Well, I know that there's a strong desire on this council to change the process of how we do the budgetary, and it's happened so fast. Mayor Tanakin's been in office 50 days or mm -hmm. something like that, and um, so it's hard to do it so fast. Um, but there is that desire of making sure that the council is a little bit more involved in it and has more of a say. Um, you know, I didn't run for this this position um, just to vote on liquor licenses and rezones. I, I certainly have a passion and I have things that are important to me. And so I want to make sure that they're budgeted for as well as every counselor does. Each of us bring a, a unique, different background and expertise to the council. And, and so each of us kind of has that sweet spot of, of what's important to us. And so, um, and many of those, uh, we share similarities in that as well. And so making sure those things are budgeted for um, straight out of the gate early on uh, is is a challenge. Or at least have input in the process. Absolutely. Now, Instead of trying to pick it apart afterwards. Right, because um, people put in a lot of time, energy, building that budget. It takes a long time. Yes. And then you come in in the, in the final hour and say, uh, I don't like this. Right. That's and, maybe not the most productive And way. we come in and, and usually those are the headlines are the about three to $500,000 that we want for our priorities. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're talking about such a teeny tiny portion of the budget, but it's so important for us. And it's so important for the administration to have our, our buy-in and our feedback. Um, otherwise, it can cause some issues. <laughs> well, it certainly would go smoother in the end. Yeah, it, the end. it certainly would. Instead certainly of just would. bowling you over. Agreed. Okay. Um, <laughs> the news of the day is that uh, the uh, administration announced the first phase of the railroad redevelopment, rail yard, down there at... Uh, on the East Bank, as we like to say, yeah. on the t Tony East Bank of Sioux Falls. Um, <laughs> and the award went to uh, uh, Erica and David A. Billion. Um, 
I got my, I think I got my David Billions right. Uh, this a uh, good, bad, what, how, you like it? Uh, well, uh, it's very early. Um, we will be briefed eventually um, here in the very near future. Um, I did not sit on this um, project, but I know it's been fully vetted. And uh, I think that this is, is a great project for our downtown to continue um, both sides of the banks to be um, continue to grow and um, just attract people to downtown. Um, we're seeing our downtown change quite a bit and um, for the good. And so I'm hopeful that this will continue that momentum and make downtown more of a destination uh, place. The energy downtown is just amazing when you go downtown on a, a Friday night or even just a Wednesday night. Um, there's people moving around and walking about. And so this is a great project. Um, I'm excited uh, for more information, which we will have soon. Um, the announcement was today, as, as you stated. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll dive in and, and we'll get more details exactly what it's going to look like. And there were some renderings mm-hmm. today. Um, and Things don't always look like the renderings. Well, anymore. they're pretty pictures right now. And, you know, they're subject to change. But I think the concept stays the same. And so it's, it's an exciting time. It's, it's, it's a uh, great project. Uh, not surprising sort of mix of retail yes. office residential uh, on walkability. that walkability on yes. that kind of creating kind of a uh, campus of buildings mm-hmm. next to Aether Railroad which the billions own right now along with the Frank and the crane um, did uh, does their long history down there now over a decade in terms of uh, redeveloping buildings give you do you think make you more confident in them as a choice to do this? Absolutely. It's a big project. It's a huge project and they have a proven track record of, of being able to develop downtown and take us to that next step. And so um, I certainly think that that certain, that, that could have, you know, some influence on it of, of knowing that um, they're, they're not just a person that just has an idea which is not a bad idea I'm you know I don't want to diminish somebody somebody with a dream um so I don't want to diminish that at all but they certainly have a proven track record um of being able to um develop downtown which has challenges and we've seen those challenges over the years too with the bedrock and contaminated ground and things of that nature the um this ground was uh, negotiated, and there's been a lot of money exchanged hands to eventually put this taxpayer money to put this land in the hands of the city. Um, now that you're redeveloping it, do you have to give further incentives in terms of TIFs or any other tax breaks, or is this take it or leave it? I don't. Uh can't answer that. Do you I, think they I should be able to that. get a TIF after? I mean, sometimes there's different kinds of projects. Sometimes private developers have a piece of buy a piece of land, mm-hmm. and they get a TIF because it's a risky bet, and they're mm-hmm. doing it in partnership with the city, right? right. I mean, that's right. what TIFs are for. Right. This seems like it's a piece of ground that has already been uh, benefited by a big influx of public money. Yeah, it sure has. Yeah. More, was there any reason to believe that they would need a TIF to make this work? This seems like good land, mm-hmm. not a, a blighted piece of land, not something that needs extra help. Why would they need a TIF? Yeah, and and I wish I could answer that because yeah. I don't have the information. I don't um, either. I have not seen anything, so right. I don't know. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I know that we are very conservative with our TIFs. We've done a few more in the last few years, but when you compare us to other communities, we, we're very cautious when we when we give a TIF and vote on a TIF. Do you think we're getting back what we put into it? Are we getting, is it paying? Are the, there's been a, a lot of different kinds of TIFs, right? Correct. 
And whether it's, you know, when you look at, say, the uh, large residential commercial mixed developments going in mm-hmm. across from Falls Park West, mm-hmm. you know, was that going to go, was that going to be developed if, or any of those other lands around Phillips to the Falls? I think right. they've all gotten TIFs. Right. I could see where that works, mm-hmm. right? Are there any of the TIFs that are out there that we've done that you have questions about or you wonder if it was the right thing to do? I, I don't have any at this point. I've really looked at them and we've really studied them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been in communication with the administration with all that was talked about at the state level um, and some of the changes coming forward. We've been in communications um, with the administration mm-hmm. to say, you know, now would be a good time to kind of reinvent that TIF dashboard. Show us what we are getting. What what are we getting? Uh, what's the return of investment? What are we getting for that? But for it wouldn't happen, but for the right. TIF. And right. so show us what we're getting. Show the taxpayers what we are getting um, for these. You know, we've got some beautiful development. We had a hole in the ground downtown Sioux Falls for a long time, and we have the Washington Square right now. Mm-hmm. That's a, an amazing project. Um, and so that, and that one went back and forth. It did. It did. They were told no several times, and they probably pushed a little harder than most have <laughs> ever done in the past because they're not a developer. They really didn't have as much to lose as as far as other developers. And they hired themselves a, an economist to really study it and prove that they needed it. And so that one did go back and forth and back and forth, um, but it was fully vetted. And so I'm confident it was the right decision for, for that. And we've got an amazing building there for that. So you're comfortable um, with the way, I shouldn't say comfortable with the way it worked. You want to see more, um, not clarification, but just more data on what we're getting back. Right. Let's show, let's show the citizens what you are getting for this. And then really there's so many times that people misinterpret and misunderstand what TIFs do. And so it's important that we continue to they're so complex and so easy. It's it's a really kind Should of Should we do a, a like the next area. half an hour explaining tax and commercial financing? <laughs> I don't at, know. No, I think no, I might I have think some I extra would. guests and I think your your uh, listening yeah, uh, your not, viewers will go way down. <laughs> we'll, we're not going to do that. But uh, it always yeah. it, it's still a very interesting topic it and, is. and it always comes up when there's new development. Absolutely. And today is a great day because yes. that's I I like I think it's really cool. I think it's and great. I, and we should, we should, you know, congratulate those in the community that have taken all the time to vet this project and um, really talk about it. It still does come before the council for a vote. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll still have those conversations and I'm sure there will be a lot of co- um, questions that come up. Um, but it's, it's been fully vetted up to this point and we'll continue to do that to make sure that um, the citizens are being protected in this. We're going to come right back and talk more with Christine Erickson. She is chairperson of the Sioux Falls City Council. And uh, I got I got a long list here, so we're going to have to move right along. <laughs> this is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <music> 435 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we have in studio with us today, Christine Erickson. She is chairperson of the Sioux Falls City Council the single most powerful government body in the state of South Dakota. <laughs> I don't know about no, that. No, that's pretty much it right there. Uh, uh, that's a way to start rumors. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And uh, to that degree, um, uh, as chairperson, you've got, uh, first of all, a new mayor. Yes. And uh, you've been around now for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your relationship with the new mayor, Paul Tenhaken? And, uh, you know, how's that going for you? Well, like many of the other candidates, I, I have known most of them for many years and and Paul included. And so I've um, served on some boards with um, 
his wife, Jill, and um, gotten to know both of them over the last three to four years. And so just outside of even the council uh, and being a mayor, um, they're a great family. They are just really nice people. Um, Now, fast forward to where he is today as being the mayor uh, in a professional environment, working with him uh, in this way. Um, It's just really different. And everybody's leadership style is different. And I certainly don't want my comments to come off as disparaging towards disparaging towards Come on, Christine, fire away. Any, anyone I know, else. I know. But we're not, we're, I, we move forward. We don't look back. We right. look forward. But I, I um, really appreciate his leadership style. Um, he's very empowering. Uh, he's very inclusive. Um, he's very collaborative. Um, and I appreciate that. Now, he doesn't have to like everything that I bring forward, but he'll listen and say, oh, gosh, you know, I'm not going to get in your way, but, hey, you – you know, do what you want to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Now, there may be times where he doesn't like anything and, and may stand in the way of it. And that's okay, too, because that's the legislative process. You have to be able to, you know, agree to disagree and move on. Um, right now, we're still in that newness honeymoon stage, I'll yeah, say. This could all go bad. Um, you know, but, but so far, you know, I really appreciate his um, ability to reach out to all of the council, um, invite us in and um, sit down and find out more about what's important to our priorities as a counselor. Um, because we're not, we, sh- we shouldn't be viewed as obstacles or one more place for us to have to go through to get something passed. This is a checks and balance. We are two separate branches of government, so to speak, much like the legislature and the governor's office. And so it's a checks and balance and we need to be able to work together. We need to be able to agree. We need to be able to disagree. And so far it's been working well. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I've few instances where I've worked so hard and tried so hard to get something passed or get funding for something. Um, and, you know, you fight like, you know what, to, to try to get your priority through and you just get, you know, kicked to the side over and over. And already we're seeing great change of, of things that were important to a lot of these counselors and counselors in the past. And so um, that's exciting times. And you don't always have to pass an ordinance to make change, too. I think that's really important for the public to know is, you know, you don't have to be on, on the news or in the newspaper or even passing an ordinance. You can make change carefully, quietly, and confidentially behind the scenes. Um, and when I say confidentially, it's not a secret. It's just, hey, a constituent calls me and they're asking for this and let's sit down and, and talk about it. And, uh, you know, that's Just constituent services. That sort of thing happens at every level of government. Right. And you don't have to bring an ordinance for that always to happen. You don't have to have a press conference either. You're right. I noted the other day a news item uh, that we are going to have all the recordings of the park board online, Mm -hmm. right? And and that was uh, something you were involved with, right? Yep, that was something that I... Didn't go through before. No, it was vetoed, in fact, um, and uh, we couldn't override the veto. It was something that I championed and and felt strongly about in the name of transparency that, you know, these are out there already. They They were already recording the park board meetings, and it was just simply that I wanted access to them, and I thought, well, why not the public, too? So let's give council access and the public access. And after it was uh, vetoed, which was a frivolous use, in my opinion, um, we still got them as the council, but we weren't 
able to just post them out there for the public. And I so I never understood that. Me neither. And so what's exciting is is Mayor Tanakin came in and said, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. Let's just put it out there. Why because not? Because you didn't need an ordinance to do it. No, you didn't need an ordinance to do it. And so um, I was really thankful for, for that particular thing. And um, I think that's a great example that you don't always need an ordinance to do things. And so if there are ways that we can make city government better and have suggestions, um, we can have that with, with Mayor Tanakin and, and his staff um, and, and an open dialogue and, and ask them to, to maybe impact change if we want to, um, I, I don't even know an example right now, but, you know, just have that conversation mm-hmm. and look at bringing it forward. And it really stemmed around nothing that anybody did wrong. It was simply that I wanted information about when we were talking about the pool pass increases. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know the dialogue. That's it. And um, it Found turned out you couldn't get it. And it turned into something that was really unfortunate and a lot of drama and unnecessary emotion around the situation. And we're now moving forward. And uh, I'm thankful I have access to the information. Sometimes drama is good in that it is a full throated conversation. Sure. Yeah. Because some people don't want to don't want to have the conversation because they want to avoid the drama. Right. Right. You don't want to have the conflict. As long as it's in an adult way, Patrick, yes. and that insults are out. <laughs> well, I, I want to be insulting. No, no, or, or, or make it personal about the other person. We have, to be, um, we have to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. Yes. Um, let me ask you quickly about something else before <laughs> sure. we go to the break here. Uh, the mayor's plan for the falls. Yes. Are you for that? Again, it. What do you think? So we have a an, an item tomorrow night that does use some supplemental appropriation for the USD Discovery District, which is really exciting as well. And then there also is a uh, viewing platform, uh, mm-hmm. which will be some sort of a deterrence to the lower level, and that is something that um, I do support. Yes. The fence. There's uh, also a fence in there, and I don't understand that. It's a it's a viewing platform, and then it does have um, a small fencing area. Not, and when you say fence, it's not like a chain link fence or a snow fence it's or a any brick of that. Wall. It's more of a wall slash um, hand railing area. You think that'll keep people out? I think it will deter people there with s- additional signage. I know that the um, th- there's been a request for that as well. There should be additional signage that you shouldn't swim in there because we had to rescue a soccer team. Uh, me, you know, not nearly the uh, the problem that was in Thailand, but our uh, Wisconsin soccer team got stuck on the rock out there, the lower part. Uh, you know, that you're not you're not going to stop that with a rail, right? You're not supposed to swim in there anyway, right? You're not supposed to swim in there. How about this? How about we get rid of that low head dam? Can you do that? Um, There's I, no point in that dam anymore. <laughs> I can't physically do that. No, well, no, Patrick, no I'm, I'm not strong, talking to me in a sledge. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, you know. It's part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So that is a possibility, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, because, we're looking at the recommendations. Yeah, it doesn't have any. Well, you need to build that whitewater park down there that those people want. <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. Uh, we're going to come right back and chat. There was no response on that one. We're going to come right back and <laughs> chat more with Christine Erickson, chairperson of the Sioux Falls City Council, and uh, do you know, kind of a lightning round. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we are chatting here this afternoon with Christine Erickson. She, of course, is the chairperson of the Sioux Falls City Council and wields the mighty axe of city government. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so not true. Oh, it is. It's very Stop true. Stop spreading rumors. No, <laughs> you smile and you're nice and all that, and then <laughs> here comes the axe. <laughs> That's that's how government works. Oh, Patrick. Um, I want to talk to you about transportation <laughs> because uh, I've let too many people get out of here recently without talking about transportation, and it's what I it's one of the things I care about most since my show. So here you go. It's kind of fallen by the wayside. These issues of of it's not just the bu- when I say transportation, we're not talking about busing, but mm-hmm. busing's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Are we going to reinvigorate this conversation about how we move people around in our community anytime soon? I think that it will continue to always resurface. Um, I think that um, you you have to, as we see the federal government um, not having the amount of money and providing that amount of money for busing transportation. As uh, it, it just the money is diminishing. And Mm -hmm. so um, recently I was in a meeting uh, where we established our legislative priorities. It's uh, we kind of the way the council has done Mm -hmm. it for many years. Uh, And then we have that conversation with the county. It's two different Minnehaha, Lincoln County, as well as other municipalities that touch Sioux Falls, because it's not just about Sioux Falls. It's really about our region Um, and people work and play in in all the different cities. And so we had a meeting about um, this item came up um, and we were talking about the agency trips that the state is telling us, oh, they're included, but the numbers are not provided within that funding. It's just all lumped together. And and when you say agency trips, you mean uh, nonprofit agencies that use particularly paratransit. Correct, correct. And so that is an area of interest as well to try to talk about that more to figure out where is that dollar amount within there. the state administers the Medicaid money. Correct. And Medicare, but Medicaid is what we're talking about here, right? And a portion of that goes for transporting people who uh, need it. They they can't can't get around. They can't. And so the state does not tell you how much they give the city for agency support versus just any other trend. Right. It's kind of a lump payment in there and it's, it's just not broken down in the details that we would like. And so uh, we are looking at adding um, this priority with the help of Sam Treblecock um, and really having this conversation with the state legislators as well, because we need to be having the conversation. It just doesn't impact uh, Sioux Falls, but it impacts you know, the state. And so well, let's be serious. The state has never bore any responsibility for transportation in this community. And they get federal money as diminishing as it is. They get federal money for alternative transportation. Right. And it's passed down to the, the city does get um, some, but right. not very much. Well, not enough to fund it, obviously. No, not and enough to fund it, but not very much, period. Right, right. And so we want to have the conversation again. Honestly, we wanna... honestly, and I know this from personal research, they're building, they use alternative transportation money to put in sidewalks in small towns. Interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah. is that a lot of money? Well, maybe, maybe not, depending right. on the contractor and how far you got to go. Right. But is that transportation? Well, it is a type of transportation of people moving about. But, but isn't it's that community not... responsible for their own damn sidewalks? Correct. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with, with being responsible for your own sidewalks and meeting those ADA um, laws that we have to do, too. State's not doing it, sure, though. I, right? don't, I don't think that they are. And, and we really need to get in front of them with the conversation. But, you know, when you have the limited dollars, everybody has, you know, their hand out in one way or shape or another. And mm-hmm. so it's getting, uh, getting ahead of it and, and continuing to have that conversation with those legislators to making sure that it stays 
stays up. And what? that's para. That's just right, para. Right. Okay. The problem here, and I've had this conversation with many city officials over the years, is the two, the, the, the fixed route and the para get mixed together, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And the whole conversation becomes about para and nobody ever talks about fixed route. Right. And nobody ever talks about actually improving the infrastructure in the community. Right. How are you going to improve the infrastructure in the community? We have to continue the conversation. You know, this doesn't ha- this this issue will always be an issue. It, it will, um, as our city continues to grow and expand, and people want to expand the bus routes. Uh, we're, we will always have to have this conversation of of improve improving our public transportation. What's going to um, happen next? It's not just and I again, it does. It always comes down to just talking about buses. It's right. the whole it is multimodal it's, notion of transportation. Right. It is, and it's it's. You know, talking about bike transportation. It's talking about walking. It's talking about how we move cars on our streets. Um, one thing I think um, how we subsidize parking, <laughs> right? And then one of the one of the positives that I will add in this um, is just recently, and this is how impactful citizens can be. Um, Zach DeBoer, I know he's a friend of yours, and he contacted the city about having parking lanes um, through the core of our city, and I. I, I Got a letter in the mail. I own a few properties mm-hmm. uh, in the core, and um, we, you know, started getting this letter. And I, I showed my husband Tony, and and we looked at it. And we're like, oh, this is great. And it slows naturally slows down the traffic. And you know, the impact of a citizen reaching out and having a great idea like this yep. that's a that's a great thing. And it does impact our transportation system. Yep. And um, you know, I, I will I will tell you just noticing on Phillips alone, I've seen the traffic slow down some not not as much but um they work it keeps you within the lanes and not driving in the parking lane and and you know distracted driving and it's just you know, a visual cue and it it's is so simple it is but it works it doesn't cost a lot it's an affordable easy solution and so i think that's something that we should congratulate you know zach DeBoer bringing that forward and i'm sure there are other people involved as well and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of conversation about this right now in terms yeah. of how you develop and the decisions you make and the resources you put places and how that affects transportation. Right. It sounds boring, and then it, you get into it, and it's fascinating. It's important. It is. Christine Erickson, thank you very much. Uh, I'm, you. We'll have you back, and we'll talk more about transportation. Yes. And then TIFFs, those two things, and we'll just, the ratings will go through the roof. I can't wait. That'll be awesome. <laughs> Christine Erickson is the chairperson of the Sioux Falls City Council, uh, meeting in your fair city tomorrow, right? Yes. Tomorrow night. Four o'clock informational. Four o'clock informational, seven o'clock meeting. Then there's, uh, you know, public input up and down the, the schedule, wherever you want to do it. So Right. And great. we have our budget address um, coming up here uh, at the end of the month on July 31st. And so I think that's important to note, too, that uh, the public is welcome to attend that yep. um, as well. It's an exciting time for our city. Awesome. Christine, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Coming up after the break, we'll finish up the show and talk about tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Don't forget, tomorrow night is Storyland Children's Theater. That's 7 p.m. at McKinnon Park Bandshell. Great time for everybody, all ages. It's free, open to children and adults. For more information on this, you can go to the events calendar at KSO.com. Tomorrow on the show, Corey Heidelberger of the Dakota Free Press blog. We'll be talking politics, and the Boon Man is a weird friend of the day. It's going to be a blast. 
Check in tomorrow, 3 to 5, every weekday here on Information 1000 KSOO.